if I had to point out one common issue that I see time and time again from mortgage brokers and loan officers, it's the overcomplication of their business. With all of the tools, tech, and training out there, it can sometimes be overwhelming for most of us. So like, how many times have you spent money on training or tech or gotten excited about it, but then found yourself not taking action on it because you got overwhelmed or sidetracked with the next best thing? I've personally struggled with this throughout my career, but managed to get clarity on my business and installed habits to ensure I didn't fall into the same trap over and over again. I mean, let's get real. We've all been attracted to the shiny new automation sequences some top broker is raving about. Hell, Brandon and I, we ran a company building out automations and shiny things for mortgage pros, so we've been guilty ourselves. What we now do is every other month, we do a full review of our business and cut out all of the fat, so to speak. We aim to run a lean and mean operation and have found it works best for us. In this episode, you'll be getting an inside look into our latest fat trimming session. We discuss what we're continuing to focus on from a lead gen perspective, systems and processes, and what we're cutting out going forward. If you're new to the show, my name is Tom Moffitt, and I'm joined by my good buddy, business partner, and co-host Brandon Love. Whether you're new in the industry or a seasoned vet, you will get specific takeaways from every episode as we strive to make Commission Breath focused and granular. Let the Commission Breath podcast be your tool to grow in your mortgage business. So with that being said, let's dive right into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 32 of Commission Breath. Brandon Love here with Tom the Flow Moffitt. If you're on YouTube, Tom spent about two minutes getting his little part together. So definitely check it out if you haven't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I got to defend myself now. <laughs> Guys, I'm growing my hair out and it's a soft spot for me because I really don't know what I'm doing right now. I'm in the awkward stage. So every time we record something, he's got some comment. But if you're on YouTube, you probably already know he's bald, so he can't really say shit. Yeah, it comes from a position of lack. So whatever. He hits back. <laughs> all right. I've been bald since I was like 19, so you can't hurt me. Anyways, all right. So we're going to dive in today, just share a little bit about where we're at in our business. We just did a, another kind of like overhaul, and we do this quite a bit where we go over sort of what we're doing, what's been working, what hasn't generated the results that are expected, and what's the time cost that this is pouring into our business. And then we trim some of the fat and we go heavy on what is working. So we do this, I would say it's probably every other month, we kind of quickly look at it together and just say, okay, what's working for you? What hasn't been working for you? Mm -hmm. We're cautious not to cut things too early because there's things like podcasting is a great example. It's a long tail activity. You're not going to see results for it in two months. So you don't want to cut some of that stuff, but there's other things you're probably doing that, you know, someone said it once on a podcast and you said, this is a great idea for me. Well, it was great for them. It's not really great for you. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes every other month when we do the cutting, sometimes it's more like fine-tuning little things here and there. And some months it's like we're cutting out a whole activity that we decided, you know, isn't working out very well. So it depends on the time we do it, but sometimes it's like smaller scale, sometimes it's more drastic. For sure. So key thing when we're cutting a lot of what we're doing, we're obviously looking at the results for it. So leads coming in, are we getting quality leads? And then are we converting those leads to track this? I use Toggle a lot for setting my timer. So I get my weekly report and I can see that there. Tom, are you tracking yours in terms of that? Or are you using your like non-negotiable checklist? Yeah, I'm just big on the non-negotiables. And I just revamped that today, which we can get into. But in terms of Toggle, I've never used it. Like I've tossed and turned on whether I should get into it. But for me, what works is just tracking my non-negotiables. And I know 
if I hit those every day and week, then my business will stay consistent. Maybe there could be a case study for me to do it for like two weeks in a row just to see where I'm wasting time because that could probably be pretty effective. But I always try to think of my day by the end of the day, like, okay, where did I spend my time mostly? Was I on Instagram too much just kind of surfing or was I actually on there doing the daily non-negotiables that I'm trying to do? It's like stuff like that. Yeah, I like that. And there's other tools you can use as well. Like if you're on Instagram, for instance, you could set like your daily allotment on Instagram as like one hour and then you can have your phone lock you out. So that's another hack you can put in there. But why don't we go quickly over where we're at in terms of our business? So we're recording this kind of mid-February. So Tom and I had a slow January. A lot of our deals were refinances that got pushed into the beginning of February. So February 1st was like a great day. We closed a bunch of files and we're back to what we would consider to be normal. I got it, baby. Let's go. We're getting almost a lead a day in each. So the leads are flowing in. We feel good about everything we're doing that way. So we're just kind of tweaking our systems. We've put fulfillment in place. So we have a lot of help on there, which has freed up some time. And we're just trying to figure out how to efficiently work the files for clients and for our own selves. Yeah, I'm going a bit off, not script. We never script these, but we at least have some outline here. I'm going a bit off it because I do want to touch on this very briefly is a part of cutting all of the stuff that we're revamping right now. We're looking at cutting the fat off and just going lean. I'm also looking who, not how. I read that a while ago and I always go back to that. Like, who can I get in my business to help me with some of these tasks? And one of the things I'm doing going forward and I've been doing it for the last couple of weeks is my wife is actually doing some of the activities on my Instagram. Obviously, she can't like provide any mortgage advice or post videos of her. Like, obviously, that's not going to work, but she's doing all of my liking, my comments, the follows. That's taking a lot off my plate and it's awesome. Like, she's on mat leave right now. So, She has a bit of time there throughout the day. So I'm trying to think more along the lines of like, who can help me with some of these tasks, even if it costs me a bit of money to outsource some of this stuff. That's really what's on my mind lately. Yeah, I have to agree there. I'm doing the same thing where I'm starting to rely more on the team we have in place. I'm one of those people that's kind of guilty of like, for example, last night, my daughter to bed and I was in my office at like 1030 at night and I was just kind of going over files. I submitted two things because I thought rates might move and I'm like, oh, I can upload all the documents right now. I can get this done. And I had my toggle tracker on to like switch it from underwriting to fulfillment. And I'm like, you know what? This is not what I'm supposed to do anymore. I'm not fulfillment. This doesn't need to be done at 1030 at night either. So I just sent the email to our fulfillment person said, Hey, can you upload these in the morning? And then I just went and read a book. And it's like, okay, just shifted a little bit there from a perspective of like what I should be doing. And like that actually creates a situation where you relax, read a book before bed versus like trying to fit more into a day. Yeah, exactly. And I'm trying to get on that mindset too, especially like late at night too. I find myself like, I don't like binge Netflix or anything. I'm always on YouTube, like just scrolling to all these different videos, learning shit. And you know that because I text you at that time with all these fucking ideas. So I'm trying to cut that out and just be more present with the family and spending more time there. So I hear you on that, man. 100%. You've gotten me actually, I haven't watched Netflix, Disney, Amazon. I haven't watched any of that stuff outside of like a movie on a Friday with my daughter. I'm like YouTube video binging and I'm like, Man, Tom's got me on this, like, it's great. It's not like, it's not negative content, I guess I should say, but like, yeah, that's why I like it, man. Because all positive and YouTube's algorithm is friggin' nuts, man. Like once you 
knows we want. And if you have more of like a positive mindset and you want to learn more, it'll feed you that stuff. So it's like a never ending cycle of like just constantly learning. And then you put that speed to one and a half X or two X and yeah. frig man is overload. Yeah. That was a total digression on YouTube. We're not sponsored by YouTube, but that was a pretty damn good ad for YouTube. So take that freebie, YouTube. Actually, I'm going to throw an ask in here because if you are listening to the podcast and you do use YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. We are approaching the period where we will hit the thousand subscribers and we're trying to get there because then that allows us to get some revenue back from YouTube that we can then pour into making podcasts better. Yeah. That's the invested entrepreneur. That's the consumer facing one. Exactly. Yeah. And for the listener, it's of your own benefit too, because even if you don't want to dive into YouTube, at least like takes a second to kind of check out our profile and learn what we're doing because we're spending money on learning this stuff. So just like take a look at what we're doing. Why don't you learn that way? And you're not spending money. You're just kind of checking out our profile and we're optimizing thumbnails. We're posting clips from the full length videos. We're doing YouTube shorts, like just kind of see what we're doing from a flow perspective whether it's the invested entrepreneur or commission breath, we have the two YouTube channels. Yeah, for sure. So total digression, we're going to get back to where we're at and just talk about why we're cutting. So I think a big piece of this is both Tom and I have the mindset that we don't want to be the brokers that are putting 60 to 80 hours a week into our business to make a million dollars a year. Sure, making the million dollars a year is nice, but we would rather be in the camp of like the 25 to 40 hours a week and taking home half a million each, which I think is very doable if you're prioritizing the right tasks. But you have to be absolutely ruthless with your time and to not allow yourself to take the feel good task or the trap that feeds your ego, but doesn't ultimately feed your bank account. So that's what we're ruthlessly cutting now. We're recognizing what's pouring the gas on the fire and then how can we carry more gas. Yeah, I think a lot of that is ego too. Everyone's guilty of it. Like you want to hit a certain volume just so you can say you did it. And I have to constantly remind myself, like, don't go that route. Let's just be lean, mean, and have like a lifestyle type of business instead of trying to be that like $200 million team. Like, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. Like put it this way, if you have a 25 hour week in the mortgage business, and you're taking home 500k a year after all expenses and everything, then you have more time to do what you want at that point, whether you want to build out another business, like all to you do it. Or if you just want to scale the mortgage business, cool, like everyone's different. Or if you want to spend that time with your family, your hobbies and do more of like that lifestyle business, then you have the option to do that. So I think I'm constantly reminding myself to go that route as well. Yeah, I felt like I was guilty last year of, I set this like lofty earnings goal. I did quite well towards it, but I fell short by like $3,000. And it like, bothered me. And it was like, just the way the commissions got paid out. But it was like, that was the wrong mindset. I kind of made myself miserable in my business versus like this year, we've optimized more for time and like our hourly rate kind of thing. Yeah, And so much happier getting so much more stuff done, like down 20 pounds, working out every day, like just kinds of things that are like overall so much healthier. And I think it's long-term way more sustainable. Like the model of last year was great. I would have made a lot of money in a few short years. Would I have had the runway from like a health and overall happiness perspective to keep that going for a decade plus? I don't know. Yeah, no, 100%, man. Okay, so that's why we're cutting. So that leaves, what are we keeping? Because... Everyone knows there's a million different things you can choose to do in your mortgage business. It is one of the greatest industries for shiny object syndrome because everyone's got a great idea and so many people have built their business in a different way. 
that seems very attractive, but you don't know until you go down that rabbit hole. So we've tried different things. We've kept different things. We've moved on for quite a bit. What's left is what we believe are kind of our core activities. So we'll share them. And then two months from now, who knows, maybe we'll be cutting some of these. But right now, we feel pretty good about where we're at. Yeah, at the end of the day, like we're obviously very referral centric. Like our business is based off of referrals, whether that's like different partners or not. We always revert back to our key realtor partners for one, like we enjoy working with realtors, like we love doing it and forming that relationship. And at the end of the day, it's slow hanging fruit if you know how to do it properly. And we do like if you told us like, hey, go partner up with a bunch of lawyers or get into like the divorce game, like we would be lost. Like that's just not our game. Whereas like, I'd rather just focus on the one thing and what we do best, which is realtors and eventually social media, I feel like will be one of the best as well. So do you want to just break down what we're both doing for our realtor partners? Sure. Do you want to go in that route? Okay. So for me, I actually just revamped my non-negotiables today. So on Mondays is my broadcast channel message that I do now. I used to do it on Wednesdays. I put that back to Mondays. And Tuesdays are my lead tracker email to the realtors. Sorry, that's actually swapped. It's Monday's lead tracker. Tuesday is my broadcast channel message. And then I have Friday is my Friday video to all my realtor partners. And also I do daily DMs to realtors that follow me on Instagram, invite them to the broadcast channel. And that's kind of like my flywheel there. Yeah. So mine's very similar. I do now the Monday lead tracker update. So that's telling all my realtors where their leads are at, giving them a little bit of extra value and insights there. And then my Friday is my Friday realtor video analyzing an opportunity and sharing how to implement it in their business. Where I differ from Tom is I don't do a lot of the social asks, let him do the social media piece, and I just work the phone. So every day I set aside a time block on my calendar. It's just one hour of prospecting, and I'm prospecting both clients and realtors in that hour. So some days that ends up being six realtor conversations. Some days you get chatting that ends up three. It totally varies. Sometimes you're leaving like 20 text messages because you're whatever, you're sick and you can't talk. Yeah. So that totally varies, but that prospecting is always continuously happening. And I find that kind of trifecta of the prospecting with bookending with the two emails, make sure that my realtors don't forget about me as a partner. Plus, I'm also reminding them of opportunities I want them to think of me for so that when someone comes across their desk and says, oh, I'm a business owner looking to add an investment property. They're like, okay, I'm going to send you to Brandon. He is a great mortgage broker and he co-hosts a podcast called The Invested Entrepreneur Designed for Business Owners. Like it's just such a fit. So when those people come to me, they're like perfectly matched for the type of business I have and our conversion rate goes way up because of that. Yeah, exactly. And so we've got the old school and new school approach. And that doesn't mean that like we're set in stone on that. Like sometimes I'll throw in some calls and texts to my current partners as well. One thing we both stopped doing was four slide presentations. Like we're trying not to take on too many more partners. We're just trying to go deep on the ones we have now. And then anyone that comes into our world that wants to send us business, like of course we're going to take that, but we're not actively pursuing new meetings. That's freed up a lot of our time. And we both condensed that in a very short time frame when we both kind of started early on in our business. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of like open the gates, go as heavy as you can with meetings to try to find partners you're aligned with. Then once we had them, we're like, okay, cultivate them. And then we realized we're cultivating almost too big of a field. So we refined that even further. And we're going deep now on the partners that we have and enjoy working with, which like, 
I don't know about you, but I have personally loved that so much better. It's like yeah. a friendship with the partners and we're driving so much better because it's just like picking your top 20. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's hard to track when you have a huge group. And that's actually one of the things that we cut out was we were actually going to do another round of four slides, which in theory, like would have got us more business and more partnerships, which would have been great. But added more to our plate and distracted us from what we're trying to do on a daily basis. I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but we were going to do a two week four slide challenge and basically just see who can crank out the most in a two week time frame. And then we're like, yeah. you know what, let's probably not go that route. Cause I don't think we have time to do that. <laughs> so that was very wise of us. And that's a good thing too, is like some ideas that you have and you put in, you're like, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And then you realize like, I don't have the bandwidth for this or like, I don't like the direction it's going, just cut it out. Who cares? And then pour back onto what is working. Yeah. When it comes to content, we are both obviously in the podcasting space. So we have the Commission Breath podcast you're listening to here. We have the Invested Entrepreneur. We're working on scaling both those podcasts. So different guesting on other shows, having guests more so to the Invested Entrepreneur to help grow listeners that way. And then we're also focused on growing our YouTube channel. So we mentioned that earlier there, but the Invested Entrepreneur is growing quite quickly there. We want to keep momentum flowing in that way. So we have sort of shifted our focus from almost putting a lot of content onto Instagram to we're still doing Instagram content, but our focus is more so on YouTube. Yeah. So for social content, one thing I just cut out today, and I literally just talked to you about this this morning that I was going to be doing it, but I just decided this an hour ago when I was revamping my non-negotiables is I was going to do purpose-built reels. So I was going to record purpose-built ones instead of just having them cut from the podcast. And then I realized today, I was like, you know what, I need to get back on the train of doing more consistent DMs. So adding that to my plate just would have complicated things. So as of right now, I'm cutting that out, but I would love to add that at some point for us when we have a bit more time. So that's one thing I'm cutting out. And then for non-negotiables for the podcast, it applies for both of the podcasts, actually. So every week we do two asks to have people on the show, like our own show. And then we do two asks to guest on other shows. And we're doing two each. Brandon and I are doing two each of those fields. And other than that, all we're doing is showing up recording. And I think there's another one that I have for non-negotiables scripting. So I script the pod intros and that's it. Like Nikki takes care of everything else. She's great at what she does. So we don't really have to do a whole lot of the actual production side of things. So unless I'm missing any non-negotiables for that brand, and that's what I do. I think that's great. And on the Invested Entrepreneur, we've kind of shifted our focus there to have a Friday long form we call it Freedom Fridays, where we talk about someone who's achieving financial freedom and what they're doing in their journey. And we usually have a guest interview on there. And then on Mondays, we do like a Mortgage Monday, which is more so focused on like really specific mortgage strategies so that when people are looking things up online, they're going to find our content. And we both have made a commitment comp with a certain amount of like scripts and outlines for those so that when we come in to record, we can bang out quick recordings that way. One note on the guessing is if you have a podcast and you want to host us as your guests, we would love to come on your show. Oh, I love all the asks in this episode. <laughs> I've got one later on too. So the only other thing I would add to that is with the Mortgage Monday episodes, the reason why we wanted to do that is because YouTube is such a powerful search engine that you need to have a mix of search worthy content and also viral content. So there are two different types of content. The search is literally what you would think of. Like when you go to YouTube and you search something, you want to have those types of videos pop up for when someone searches like 
a mortgage specific thing because that's going to be direct leads for us right away when someone searches like fixed versus variable, variable versus adjustable. Like we're going to have all those videos on there for when they search it. And then the other piece of that is for the Freedom Friday videos, those are the ones that are going to go more viral because it's more of that broader subject. So we've got the mix of both on there. That's why we have the Monday and the Friday episode. Yeah, for sure. And Tom's the YouTube strategist here. So I basically just do what he tells me, which is a great other piece too, is just to have kind of different minds and perspective that love learning about different areas and then say, okay, what would you do in this area? What would you do here? And then apply their strategies and you get the results that way. You don't have to learn everything from scratch. You can just take the high level and their perspective and apply it to your business. Yeah, exactly. So that's Realtors and Podcasting slash YouTube. What are we cutting? So why don't you talk about the one thing you're cutting? I'm cutting threads. I was doing a little bit of playing on threads for a bit and did a few comments that a bunch of people engaged with and they got some followers and I was like, oh, this could be kind of cool. But then I was like, shit, like I don't enjoy the conversation on the space. I find a lot of it's kind of boring. So I wasn't passionate about it. And it was just like, I was something I was doing when I was standing on the treadmill. That was my rule. I was like habit stacking it. And I'm like, I don't actually care about this. I don't know if it's going to be a driver for my business. So I've largely cut that out. One thing I've thought about if I ever bring it back in is I would probably like take things like our podcast episode, convert them to text using some AI source and then have like a VA or something, just pull quotes and thread them. That's the only way I would ever really go back into doing it. Short of that, just like the idea of just like hopping on the treadmill and daily winging it kind of thing wasn't working. Yeah. So half of that's actually already done, buddy. Nikki pulls the transcript from the episodes using AI. So I don't even want to go there because I don't want you to have to think about adding this to your playbook. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on in my own business. Yeah. <laughs> it's there for you if you wanted to pull quotes from. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. So same thing with me. Like I didn't really go hard on threads, but I am keeping it and I'm not on it. I think I maybe post like two times a month. And the only reason why I have that there is because one of the content pieces I do for Instagram is a four second reel of a quote that shows like the sticker from the thread that was posted. So get a good example of that. Just head to my profile. You see a couple of them there and actually perform pretty well. And what I'll do first is I'll actually like post a thread and then I'll share it to my story. And based off of how many people have liked that story, I know, okay, that one's going to perform well as an actual reel. Yeah, I like that's a good idea. So what are you cutting, Tom? I am cutting CRM. Since we merged, I was kind of all over the place and I wasn't even tracking my own volume and my own leads. I was tracking leads, but I wasn't really tracking like my actual performance with volume and closed files and stuff. So instead of just relying on the team CRM that we have with BrokerEdge, I'm now going back to old school and my old roots of just having my own lead tracker spreadsheet. It's funny because I always go down the CRM rabbit hole and then I always find myself coming back to the spreadsheet. I absolutely love spreadsheets, man. The reason being is like you can customize it to how your mind works and the flow of how you work. So I spent maybe an hour the other night just revamping it and it just, it feels good like from a mindset perspective, knowing I have it the way I want it. And it's actually helping me more with my lead tracker emails because it's structured more properly and it's easier for me to get those lead tracker emails off to the realtors. So the big thing for me was CRM. We're still using BrokerEdge for our team volume and tracking where the team files are at and also renewals too, but we're not like doing any automation or anything off the CRM. 
Yeah, exactly. I'm not a big automation fan. I think there's a time and a place and you can build a quite a nice business for it if your mind's geared that way. Mine just isn't. And I don't feel like I need to, you know, build a new wheel that way. I feel like the systems work that I have and I just need to accept the limitations of some of those. And part of mine is like, I don't like automation because I feel like I haven't done something mm. or it doesn't do it the exact way I want it. I like the spreadsheet as well because you can manipulate the data to see what you want to see. Sometimes when it's all stuck in a CRM, you're like, how do I pull those data points? Oh, I have to now copy it over to a spreadsheet or export it there. Yeah. And it's just like, when it's all in that spreadsheet, it's very visual and easy to use. Tracking as well, personal progress, I've always done that, but I started doing it more so from like a year over year, where would I be at this point in the year? And then recognizing maybe I'm a little bit Q1 of this year, why am I a little bit short and what have I changed and what have I done differently? Like we spent quite a bit of time in education in January, we both got our broker licenses and we had to do a week in class. And it was kind of like, meh, like, yes, necessary evil to get done, but it pulled us out of our actual business. And you can yeah, see the result brutal. of that on actual files. So, yeah, we should have done an episode on this topic. We would be very quick on this. One thing we did while we were in the broker course, and this is just an example of like, you got to pivot sometimes from your non-negotiables and whatever you're doing in your business is we literally had no time to call realtors, call clients, really do anything in our business because it was nine to five. So what we did was we had a little, it wasn't even a competition, but we're like, hey man, like let's do this. Let's just text our realtor partners. And I forget what the message was. I think it was just simply saying like, hey, hope the year is going well for you. Bank of Canada just announced this morning that there's no rate change. Curious, is there anything in your business I can help with right now for you or something like that yeah you had sent me a version of it and you're like hey i just banged this out i just texted like 15 people and i was like oh okay i'm gonna add this extra layer to it and then i started texting and i'm like i just sent it to so and so and you're like what did you add yeah and then we just kept kind of like iterating on it in our text to each other and you know that generated business it was great and it it was was very easy because we were just like Yes, we were listening in class. Okay, we were there. We were present. We met our physical requirements, but we were also like still generating. I wasn't. I'm going to get it. Well, hey, we passed the test. That means we know something. Anyways, I think we both got a handful of leads. I know I at least got two or three from that just from texting. It literally took like 20 minutes to do. So simple scales, keep it super simple. That's it, man. That's it. Like I'm cutting out the CRM aspect of it and all the love to brokerage. I still use it for the data points too. Like we need that data to go in there from Finmo. So that's key for us and the renewal tracking as well. And then there's nothing to say down the line. If we grow further, maybe we change our mind. Maybe we say, Hey, we actually want to be like a 200 mil team, which I don't think we ever will. But at that point we probably would need a CRM and more functions from it. But other than that, that's it for me. Yeah. I think the same. I think we had done this before. So this was just another iteration and fine tuning, as you said at the beginning. So if you're in your business and you're thinking, okay, I need to do a little bit of fine tuning. I need to cut some fat here. Just take a look at things, go through your list and say, did this earn money or did it just earn ego and start by cutting that. Yep. And uh, one thing I want to touch on before we go is we've been thinking about doing maybe like a quarterly or semi-annual Q&A style podcast episode. So I would like to ask all of the listeners, like if that's something that you would enjoy, it would be similar style to this where we're kind of like just spitballing and kind of going off of our thoughts and updates in our business, then let us know, please reach out over Instagram to whether it's our personal accounts or commission breath account. That way we can get a good feeling of whether we should pursue the Q and a episode. And if so, we'll ask you guys like, Hey, send us a question that you want us to go over. 
your business or whatever. Sounds good. All right, everyone, we will catch you next week. Trim some fat this week and we'll talk to you soon. Cheers.